You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, and is recorded at the Francis Roy office in Valparaiso, Florida. A lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. Never to exceed 30 minutes, this podcast is an easy addition to your playlist of favorites. Let's get started with this week's guest. Hi, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke, and I am so excited to be with all of my friends at FPRA. Hey guys. Woo! <laughs> this is a special live episode of Hello Francis coming to you from the Northwest Florida Communication Summit. I have an amazing guest, Mackenzie Burley with Roland Publishing. Hey Mackenzie. Hi. I'm excited. So I've got awesome questions for Mackenzie. I think they're awesome questions. They're tough. They're a little bit tough. <laughs> and you guys interviewed Mackenzie back in July, right? And those were amazing questions too. So we didn't want to duplicate those questions. We've got a little bit of a deep dive. But it was important, I think, for us to start out with how Mackenzie and I got connected. Because I think we have what can be considered the new connection, right? So I'm going to be very transparent about how obsessed I am with Mackenzie online really quickly. So somehow we got connected in the Instagram space. I don't know how that happened. And I was so influenced by her work. Uh, she's a Lululemon ambassador. She teaches yoga. She has such intentional and mindful living, I think, from the perspective of like, um, it's, it seems very deliberate and authentic. And I was like, is this shit real? <laughs> so I reached out to her and it is real. It's so incredible. And we just had this connection and now we're super supportive of each other and kind of cheer each other on. So it's such an honor for me to be able to interview her today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So playing off a little bit of the lunch session, we're going to start with open connection and just let you know that this is a relationship built on trust-based influence, mm -hmm. which really influenced me, I think, from the luncheon. But so I'm going to start with the first question, Mackenzie. <sighs> what do people misunderstand about you the most? What do people misunderstand about me the most? This was a tough question because, you know, I'm not the other people. So I wanted to be like, well, what do you all think about me? And then I can tell you if you're right or you're wrong, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I think just when I meet people the first time, um, some of the reaction is, oh, you're really nice. And I think, well, goodness, do I not appear like I would be? <laughs> um, but I think truly the most misunderstanding that people probably have of me is that I'm just like them. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have tough days. I get nervous talking in front of people. Um, I have, I'm going through hard times. I've been through really hard times, you know, because people will say, oh, I'm so nervous to talk, but you know, you never get nervous because you do it all the time. Mm. And I think the way that we brand our emotions is so important because nervous doesn't have to mean that you're going to fail. Nervous doesn't have to mean that you're going to do bad, mm. you know, just because you're nervous and so your, your heart is beating faster to me, it's like, that means I care, right? You know, like if I don't get nervous, that's the day that I'm going to start getting worried about myself. Yeah. And so I try to just start using different tools 
like breath. Yeah. You know, so that I don't um, miss the impact to deliver something that could potentially help somebody. Will you guide me through a little breath process? Sure. Let's do it. I just was doing one as I was speaking. Let's do it. Because I feel like all the caffeine just hit my system. Okay. okay. So <laughs> let's just start by closing our eyes. Okay. I think it's important just if we can turn one sense off. And I would say everyone in the room do it with us. Once we turn one sense off, we can really heighten our other senses and tune into our bodies. As we start to just slowly inhale, holding the air in the belly for just a moment, and then slowly exhale it out, and then taking a few more rounds, because it takes a few rounds of breath to really lengthen the breath, to really benefit from the breath. And as you exhale, just release everything. And when you inhale, think of something you want to add to this moment. And then as you exhale, anything else that gets in the way of that, let it go. One more deep breath. Maybe this time incorporate your vocal cords. Ah, it just releases a little bit more. Like if you feel a little weird doing it, even better, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah. Because as soon as we started talking, all the coffee like, because I had said, hey, can we get some more coffee? And they were like, sure. And I was like <laughs> slamming it. So that was fantastic. I think we all need that pause sometimes to like refocus and bring our breath best self yeah. forward. So thank you for that. Thank you. So, okay, we talked all day today a little bit about imposter syndrome, a little bit about being deliberate. I love what you're saying about branding your emotions. I feel like as PR pros, we're up against so much. Everyone's looking at us for, you know, from a certain perspective, we want them to look at us, right? Mm -hmm. But it also opens this channel of vulnerability where people now feel like they can comment about us. They can insult us in the digital space. They can critique our work. What is an insult that you've received that you're most proud of? So this was an interesting question for me to read. And I got these yesterday, I think. So 24 hours, that's a long time to read a question and think about it. I'm almost like, don't give them to me in advance. <laughs> but I was like, insult, that word, insult. Um, I think the way we perceive communication can be different, you know, because if someone, and it depends on where it is, you say digital space, yeah. digital space, there's, a, there's a barrier, right? Mm -hmm. But I was, I was envisioning that question in person. Oh, nice. Okay. When I first was reading it. Mm -hmm. And so if someone is communicating to me about something that is not a good quality, mm -hmm. I take it two ways. One is, you know, if they're willing to communicate, that communion mm -hmm. is an opportunity to connect okay. and to speak and to solve something, whether that's with myself or with them. Mm -hmm. Because usually an insult or a bad comment is either true, right? So I need to listen to that and maybe kind of dig deep on my perception of how I'm 
portraying myself or how I'm communicating because I've obviously ruffled something with that person or this is them speaking about themselves Mm. and there's still an opportunity to solve something within that space with that person Wow! and so I always use that as just like you can always be compassionate no matter what Mm -hmm. and if that person is taking the time out of their day to say something nasty on digital or if it's in person gosh I have compassion for them because they're probably going through something pretty shitty yeah you said I could swear on this. You can right? do whatever you want. <laughs> Hello, Francis. Explicit. Is explicit. But no, I mean, so I think you have to realize that as it's like everyone's having a hard day and maybe they just needed somebody to talk to. Okay, so I, lo- I love both parts of that. <laughs> the second part is almost like, damn right, it's your fault. You know, like, <laughs> this is you. This is a problem you have with yourself. But um, it's such a fresh perspective, I think. Because sometimes when I receive an insult, it almost fires an action in me that isn't worthy of my time right now. Mm-hmm. So taking that pause, like one of the, an insult that I received in my life that really fired me was um, I are very young at age. I cooked a dish for my dad and he said, this tastes like the Mojave Desert, <laughs> which he meant was dry, which I felt like. <laughs> was a bit elaborate he could have just said it was dry (laughs) um but it it like sparked this fire this quest to never cook poorly again and now looking back on that i'm grateful because i do enjoy and love it so much and but i held too much external value in that moment i allowed him whether you know he's my dad so i really care about what he thinks but I allow him to fire me up in a way that I have not allowed another human being to do to me since. Interesting. Even though something positive, I think something positive came from it. Yeah. Now I just kind of take a step back. So that perspective that you just offered is, is I've not thought of it that way before. That's cool. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to skip one. Okay. Because now that I know you've said it over 24 hours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm curious about this because I think when we, you know, see other people online, you just kind of wonder what their day is like. But what does your morning look like? Is it the same? Not that it matters from the perspective that everyone should go out and do this, right? Right. And so let me preface, like, everything I share is my opinion. Yes. Right? Yep. And I think the best um, wisdom I ever read was like, never take another man's word. Mm. You have to experience things yourself to like really find what speaks to you, what works for you. Mm-hmm. And so words are just words, right? Um, but my routine, I actually talked to my parents about this last night. I'm like, you got to read these questions. How do I answer these? <laughs> What's my like routine? That. I'm like, should I tell them the truth? You know, I'm just kidding. Yes. Um, <laughs> But I really liked some of the speakers today about starting with peace, being productive, Mm. and then discovering. Mm -hmm. That really simplified um, kind of the path that could then speak to so many more routines of what the morning looks like. But, you know, I always wake up pretty much before my alarm clock. Um, Just, I don't know, it just happens. There's times where I'm just like, please let me sleep till the alarm clock. But it just, it does, it happens. Um, I always start with a cup of coffee and this is not a good thing. You shouldn't start with a cup of coffee. You should actually start with heated water with lemon. And that's what I was going to tell you to inspire you, but that's not what I do. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. We need the room. I always start with like the first thing I want is a cup of coffee and then my animals around me. Yeah. And I just kind of start the morning with drinking my coffee with my dogs and my cat. And I just kind of settle into the morning. Yeah. And then I always go outside. Mm. So like that first fresh breath of air before my to-do list, before my emails, before my text messages, before my phone call. It's like that clarity break in the morning so I can set the pace of how I want my mind to operate. Okay. And then I do yoga. So whether I'm doing it for myself or most of the time I'm, I'm leading for other people. I do a lot of classes and privates in the morning. So I do that. And then I'm usually nice and sweaty and I come home and do something before I shower, get my second cup of coffee, pick up poop in the backyard with a way too small shovel that's for gardening, but I use it to pick up the poop. And I keep asking myself, why don't you buy a bigger shovel? But that's what I do in the morning. And then I go shower and then I start my day. Nice. I think there's a little bit of relevancy for all of us in there. Um, and I love that you're saying it's just like, there's no perfect, right? Right. Because sometimes we'll see like big CEOs, like what do they do, right? What's their morning? And then we try to mimic that. And that sort of kind of impossible attainability sometimes makes us feel like we're starting our day already not checking a box. So, but it sounds like yours is very a deliberate approach and just do what works for you. Well, and that wasn't always the case too. Mm, you know, I used to start my morning with my email and my cup of coffee. Same. And mm -hmm. um, I listened to Ryan Giles, uh, he's a traction coach, and he talked about your neurosystem and how in the morning, obviously you have the highest of cortisol, Mm -hmm. And so then you're adding caffeine on top of that. And if you start the process of a fight or flight mentality, you're going to lead your whole day that way. Mm. And so you're going to end your day exhausted. Right. And you're not going to have any real impactful work because you're just like solving problems and you're not like doing deep dives. So if you can start your day and whatever that might look like, mm. but a little bit less fight or flight then you can kind of keep that trend going. Just like the other great speaker who talked about make your bed and then you accomplish that one thing and you'll continue to want to accomplish things. Make the bed, but after you've had the cup of coffee with the dogs and snuggling and the outside breath of air and then get to your to-do list, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about coffee a lot, which I love. Um, so this next question is about coffee. Okay. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, any, who would it be? So I was like, how do I answer this question? I'm a very curious person and one or two or three or four or five is never going to work, right? Yeah. I want everything. I want to meet with everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Truly. That's but really I, part of your nature. I mean, that's what right, you do for a living. Right. Right. And so then I thought, okay, well, if I had to pick one and I was like going back in time, you know, like the Dalai Lama, no Winston Churchill, no you know, and then I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That would be it. Could you imagine like, oh, I know Jesus, by the way. <laughs> I interviewed I've him. Asked, I've asked him quite a few questions. <laughs> and I have the answer. I asked him what's the best insult you've ever received. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, that may be my optimal, you yeah. know, because like if, if I wanted to talk then, because he could tell me about everybody. Yeah. Right. So that's my answer. I love that answer. <laughs> I love that you thought about it and you went all the way back. 
And I was like, <laughs> you're just like, that person's not good enough. A, C, B, C. Wait. Right there, right there. Well, and I show. I think that shows us a little bit of a glimpse into your your journalist mind. You yeah. know, that like it unfolds your process a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting to me. Um, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about writing. Okay, if you had to write a book tomorrow, tomorrow, start tomorrow, what would you write about? The power of breath. Yeah, you're good at that, girl. Well, it's just interesting because it's like, it's something that is your first sign of living, right? As soon as you're born, the, the doctors and the nurses, they want to hear the cry so that they know you're alive. Mm. And so that cry is your living, right? Mm -hmm. And then you don't pay attention to your breath for how many years? I don't know. Like for me, I think the first time I was taught about breath and how... <clears throat> Breath is not just to keep you living, but can help you live, right? It, it, it's connected to your nurse, nervous system. It's connected directly to your heart. And our bodies were built to survive, right? And so that Viking DNA in us, like we don't need that anymore, but our bodies don't know that. So when we are insulted mm. or when we're feeling threatened, the physicality of what happens in our body is out of our control. Your heart is going to beat because you've got to live. There's not a lion chasing me that I have to like run from or another Viking attacking my village that I have to go kill. Like this was a word. Mm -hmm. So I don't need that same adrenaline. So you have to take the time to like bring the heart back in sync with the mind. And that's what people say. You make a coherent decision. Coherence is these two mm. being at the same beat, you know. But I learned it way later in life. And so it's like I just want to share that. I still haven't learned that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's an, it's an ever-going practice. Yeah. You know, that's why it's, it's called breath work. It's not breath, you got it. You know, <laughs> I feel like that's the name of your book. Breath, you got it. <laughs> Everybody has it, but like the ability to connect with it is very profound. Wow. It is profound. That's such a beautiful thought, I think. I would read that book. Well, I may or may not write it. Yeah, I think you should write it. I know. It. I've never even thought about writing a book till you asked the question. I think you definitely need, now we need the book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We need the book now. So these episodes are 30 minutes. We're one minute away. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? No. It's crazy. We're probably going to have to get a drink after this because okay. I have a lot of more questions. Okay. But can you end us with an ending breath practice? Just something yes. to wrap it up because I feel like now we have a theme. Yes. And I feel good about it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Everybody together? Yeah. Let's yeah. close our eyes. Okay. So before we begin to breathe, or actually while you start to breathe, I just want to share a few facts. So as I'm talking, just start to lengthen the breath, the deepest inhale you can, holding the air in the belly, and then the slowest, seeping the breath out of the mouth, and then holding the air out of the belly before the inhale begins again. 99% of the things we worry about will never happen. 
our thoughts are the strongest things we have and our thoughts are always moving whether they're pulling us into the past the past is tied to depression whether they're pushing us into the future the future's tied to anxiety and stress so now this moment presence is our only choice and our only opportunity for peace for joy and to truly make an impact with the people we're surrounded with so every time you inhale bring yourself back back to now every time you exhale let everything in the past go there is nothing we can do with it anymore <laughs> and if it's in the future write it down make your to-do list get it out of your head so you can focus on the now one final deep breath letting it be your deepest breath of the day maybe the first breath you've even paid attention to today or this week or this month your entire life as you slowly let everything else go well thank you so much Mackenzie for that isn't she great amazing I feel like this is one I'm going to listen to again, and I never listen to them again. So what an amazing guest. Thank the live audience. Woo, you guys are awesome. If you have questions for Mackenzie, you can email them to us, hello at francisroy.com. We'll be back in two more weeks with a new guest. I don't know how the hell we're going to beat that, but let's go. Talk to you then. <laughs>